Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Red Sox hot stove edition of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. So very, I don't know, very randomly, very abruptly, um, there were some reports um, pretty much from Bob Nightingale that Alex Cora is expected to have a big market next year. Multiple teams are already interested in him. And his contract could exceed the recent record-setting contract of, let's see, it was five years, $40 million signed by Craig Council to join the Chicago Cubs. So kind of weird. It's It's been known for a while that Alex Cora is going into 2024, uh, the, the last year of his deal, as far as we know, there haven't been any uh, dialogue in terms of an extension between him and Craig Breslow. And I just found it weird that on a Sunday afternoon, that kind of popped up. So do either of you smell a rat? Charlie Smith, Nick Face, back with me for this episode. Let's get that out of the way. So do either of you smell a rat? I don't want to speculate, but I think that Alex Cora probably is feeling right now a little left out in what his future is going to look like. I think with all the unknowns that this team has had, yes, he came in 2018, won a championship with the, one of the best teams that was ever assembled. 2019, again, got back to the playoffs and everything, but then you all – we had to go through the suspension phase where he was involved with the Astros thing. The Red Sox brought him back, had good faith and good trust and good belief that Cora could be coming back in a, in a good facet and lead this team to a playoff run. 2021 came, we got all the way to the championship series and bowed out. But then the last two seasons have been Loserville USA. From me as a fan, it's been two years of being down in the dumps and feeling like your team has no chance to get back up on top. And I strongly feel you need that leadership and you need that ability to get the players to buy in, hold them accountable, get things to a level where they're going to be winners again. Managers wear out their welcome a lot. They do. They just don't last that long. I think we all would still have Terry Francona here if it was our, if it was our choice. I think the time is at the phase where they're going to let this contract run out. I think Alex Cora is a good guy. I think he's done some good, obviously, here for the Red Sox. But the Red Sox have their future manager already in stow. I know some don't like the decision. I know it. some fans love the move. It's to be determined on what this guy's going to do. But Jason Veritek did turn down the Giants' offer to be their manager after their interview and everything they had earlier this offseason. I think Jason Veritek is going to be the next Red Sox manager, whether it's next season or in the future. They have that guy that's right there, homegrown. Fans love him. I think Cora is probably looking on the outside, looking in right now. And I think that he probably might feel that pressure a little bit. Because I think maybe the Red Sox feel a little bit more future build with Veritech than maybe they do with Cora. 
And I also think the other thing with Cora is that he may be destined to go upstairs. Rumblings before Breslow came in that you might see Cora go into a baseball ops role. Will he continue to be a manager after next season? Time will tell. But at least for right now, I, I, I again, don't want to speculate on this too much, but I wouldn't be surprised if this was put out there to get a contract much like uh, Craig Council just got because why not for Alex Cora? Got nothing to lose. Do you, you want me to go next, Charlie? Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you want to go second, sure, go for it. I just find that it's just really weird to me that multiple teams thought apparently it was a good idea to call, call Bob Nightingale and be like, you know, I think Alex Core is a good manager and I might offer him a record deal next year. That's just weird to me with a year left to go on Alex Core's contract. It just sounds like, and I'm, I'm speculating. I, I, I don't have any reports, knowledge, sources, anything like that, but it, it just sounds like somebody leaked that to Bob Nightingale. And there could be two motivations for that. Maybe Alex Cora, maybe it's leverage for him to get a contract extension now to put the urgency on the Red Sox to get his deal done so he doesn't have to start the 2024 season without a deal. So perhaps it's that. Perhaps it's leverage. Perhaps Alex Cora is looking at the roster, looking at the Tyler O'Neill trade even, thinking, geez, what's going on here? This is much like Bloom, and I don't know if I want to do this. And maybe, maybe, maybe he does want to go somewhere else. I don't know, but it's a long shot to me that a bunch of GMs reached out to Nightingale and, you know, expressed interest in Alex Cora in December of 2023 when he's not a free agent until after 2024. So extremely weird to me, Charlie. I think it's interesting for sure. I don't, you know, again, speculating, however you want to call it. I, I'm not going to buy any hype in, into this right now because this team has been so unhyped going into 2024 with the lackluster additions of, you know, in my opinion, a reclamation project, a couple of, of moves where we let players go that did some great work for us last year. We traded away uh, a name that was, you know, pretty loved for the most part of his tenure, that being Alex Verdugo. But I actually don't know if I see Jason Veritek being the next manager of the Boston Red Sox. And here's why. So I agree with you, Nick, um, that he is loved by fans in Boston. He's caught, if I'm not mistaken, the most no hitters, the most, no hitters went by four different pitchers, right? One each. I think it's four. I think. I think it's four. Yeah. So he's got history on his side. He's been a part of some pretty incredible teams. But every manager accepts the job, unless you're Bobby Cox, 
God rest your soul, of the then, you know, Atlanta Braves, you will get fired at one point, especially if your team is not doing well. So Jason Veritek right now is being held in pretty good light, is in high spirits, has a great thing going. And I wonder if you would want to risk the status of where he is right now for something else. You know, if, if things go belly up, not to say it'll be the Bobby Valentine one and done, but if things go drastically bad under Jason Veritek, do you think fans will still love him and appreciate him and remember him for all of his glory at the time? Because I don't. I really don't, which is why I think it's best for players that if they do want to become managers or bench coaches or pitching coaches or anything else, they do that for another team. Because if you do it for the team that you played for and it doesn't go well, people are going to remember the last thing you did. They're not going to remember the four no-hitters that you caught. They're not going to remember the clutch home run you hit in the bottom of the 10th inning. They're going to remember you being the manager for the team that lost 101 games. Something crazy like that. So I don't think that Veritek ends up becoming the next manager. And I also, you know, my own opinion here, this is got nothing to do with any information I've, I've communicated with, with anybody. I don't think core is going anywhere. I think he'll be the manager for this year. I don't think it is, you know, to your point, Terry, you said it was very, you said it was weird, right? You said it was weird. What was the word you used? Yeah. It's just, it's just weird. Yeah. It's just, it, it, I'm with you. It's weird. I'm not sure, you know, what his intentions were over the course of three years. You've had back to back, back, excuse me, back to back 78 win teams. You have a plus 10 win differential over the course of three years. Granted has not been your fault that the, the seasons have kind of gone awry, but there have been a multitude of reasons why the, the the whole team just hasn't worked out. You've technically been a part of that. So uh, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens. I, I don't want to offer too much of my own opinion on this, um, but a lot of people have been speculating as to what is going to happen after what happened with Craig Council with 40 million over the course of five years, pretty handsome deal. Is Alex Cord deserving of that? I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. Get, just to touch on Veritech real quick. I don't think it's going to happen just from Breslow's perspective. You don't want a manager who's going to be possibly wildly more popular than you. You want the manager to be the punching bag. Never at any point in Hein Bloom's tenure in Boston was he ever more popular than Alex Cora, and he was never going to be. So it, it just creates a weird dynamic between them. They're hard to fire. You know, Cora had a you know probably the biggest scandal of all time. That's what got him fired the first time, and then they let him come back. But um, but it took that to to fire him. And I just don't think I, I just don't think it's going to be wise for for Breslow to put himself in that spot. Now, let's look at this from the other side of it, though. Wouldn't it be really easy to just give him that extension if, if that's what they wanted? Why does this have to be a thing if they really want him? I don't think Craig Breslow wants Alex Cora 
to to be the manager beyond 2024. Cause well, I think the other thing we have to think about too is he hasn't earned it in the past two years. Last place finishes. So I think another reason why they want Cora to probably feel on the hot seat here is you need a hot start. You need a hot start. Get this team going. It's been, I want to say, three or four really awful beginnings to their seasons that they've had. I mean, coming out, guns blazing, getting things and momentum moving, we've seen it a lot of time in baseball history where first week, first two weeks, team goes on a good stretch, manager ends up getting somewhat of an extension. I could see that case in point happening for the beginning months of April 2024. But I do think they want to make Cora prove it. Prove that you're the leader, at least from Breslow's perspective. And I think it's a great tactic. Prove that you are the leader, that you are the boss, that you are going to get this team moving and motivated, ready to play, and fans are feeling like gangbusters, coming out to Fenway supporting this team. I think a hot start at the beginning is exactly what this team can can do of good to begin their year. I don't believe the reports from Nightingale, but what I do believe is that he will essentially be a highly sought after manager. I think teams will, you're going to have three teams that want Alex Cora really bad. So I don't think he really needs to prove anything really. He's going to get, whether the Red Sox give it to him or whether perhaps it's the Dodgers, maybe they get sick of, you know, D Dave Roberts. Or another team, you know, the, the Houston Astros. I don't know. Um, I just feel like there's going to be a market for him. So, uh, you know, even if even if we miss the playoffs, he's going to have a huge market. So they, they could get the deal done or just kind of move on from him. And it's just, I think they're setting their, themselves up for a PR disaster. What if we do make the playoffs and let's say we make it to the ALCS before we finally lose? It's going to be hard to fire him at that point. I know in 2017, Joe Girardi got one game from the World Series, got fired. Grady Little, same thing in this organization with John Henry as the owner, got fired in 2003 for you know, missing the world series infamously left Pedro Martinez in there one inning too long. But I, I why is this whole thing is going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess. And part of me is also wondering, like, could teams call the Red Sox and take their temperature? Hey, do you want to work out a deal here? Managers can be traded. That's how we got John Farrell. We traded Mike Avilas for John Farrell to the Blue Jays in late 2012. So I feel like there's something going on in that front office. Uh, again, I, I don't have any information to prove that, but I strongly feel like there's something brewing behind the scenes and it's, it's uncomfortable. And Mass Live reached out to Alex Cora, you know, to try to get more clarity on those reports from Bob Nightingale and Cora had no comment. He declined to comment to the mass live guys. I don't know if it was Christopher Smith or Chris Cotillo, but I just feel like 
I would say there's probably at least a 25% chance he is not the manager on opening day for the Red Sox in 2024. And that's big. I That's a big number to me. Who's your guy then? I don't know. That That's just... It's impossible to know. I don't think it'll be Jason Veritek, though. I'm I'm supremely confident in that as well. But uh, it's it's an interesting situation, and we'll see if it gets more momentum throughout the week. The thing I want to say on Veritek that makes this kind of interesting, I don't want to say I disagree with you guys because I like your points and I like your takes. Veritek has come out and said that he wants to manage. He wants to. The question will be, because he had every opportunity in the world this offseason, if he wanted to be the Giants manager, he could have absolutely done it. I don't, about, I, I don't think so, Nick, because once, you Bob, don't think so? once Bob Melvin came into it, it was over. But that's before the whole Bob Melvin thing. That's what also I heard the rumblings he, of. He had an interview. Thing, he had an interview, but once once Preller was willing to let Bob Melvin go, it was it was over. I think before that, though, is what I'm saying, when that whole played out. I think his goal is to be that that guy. And I think it could make it, like you said, uncomfortable for Breslow. But I, in a way, look at the situation and say, well, if he just if he has a bad year or something like that, he could just step away and say, I'm done. I want to resign instead of feeling like that guy has to be fired and lose all the legacy and all the amazing accolades that he's had for his Red Sox life. I just look at Veritek from myself as a, as a fan from a different perspective and say, this guy's a lifer. I, I don't think he wants to leave Boston. And that's why I look at this and I say to myself, I guess you got to have to figure it out at some point. I just don't know when the figuring out point is, if that makes sense to you guys. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I'll believe it when I see it, but uh, I think he will be a manager eventually. I, I just I just think it's going to be someplace else. I really believe that. And it, is Boston the dream job it used to be at this point? <laughs> For me, I just think very, it, I think Boston means so much to him because he's done so much good with charity work and being the leader and being a champion. I mean, the guy could go around the city if, and people could buy him a beer just because of 04 and 07 and everything he was a part of because I think he's meant so much to people. And I even think that even if he was the leader of sorts, I know Jim Rice is a different kind of element because Jim Rice at one point was the hitting coach. And then it didn't go great from, the what was he with the team, for the mid uh, late 90s, I want to say. I was a kid at that time, so I remember him as the hitting coach. And he just stepped aside did the TV gig and just went away, even though Jim Rice pretty much failed as the hitting coach for the team. So that's another thing that, at least in my mind, I'm looking at that avenue if it does happen to play itself out. That's all. Uh, so I think, you know, to your point, like, yeah, he's so beloved. He could go into a random bar. They'd offer him a beer. Why, why lose that? Why would you want to put your name onto a product that, all three of us agree is grossly inferior. This is not a superb team. If I am a catcher who set the record for the most no hitters caught for the same team, 
or Major League Baseball that was actually matched by another catcher, Carlos Ruiz. Why would I want to put my name on something as anything other than the game planner or catching coach or whatever he wants to call himself and be the manager for a team right now that's not better in 2022, 2021, 2020? Literally, I don't know what team was better or was worse, excuse me, than the 2024 potential Boston Red Sox right now. You're going to have to go back quite a bit. You really would have to go back quite a bit. This is pre-David Ortiz, pre-Manny Ramirez. So you're going over 20 years right now. We have no bangers on this team. None. We really have none. Trevor Story, I don't know what we're getting. He disappeared. He's a ghost. Uh, Tyler O'Neill remains to be determined. Again, we already said 12, 10, 23 when he hits 30 home runs. You're both apologizing, and I'll accept those apologies. But that's... That's that's literally it. Like we've never had or it's been a very long time since we've had a team without at least one power hitter. Manny Ramirez before that, Mo Vaughn before that, like Jose Canseco. And and so it's been 30 years. I think you're at the early 90s. I think you're at the very early 90s before the strike. Before the yeah. strike. So you're looking at 91, 92, 93. And I would say the only thumper you've got, I mean, of course, is Devers. But again, that's a matter of who's protecting him. And you're absolutely right, Charlie. Have Trevor Story still scares the living daylights out of me on what you're going to get from him. I, I, you don't know. He's Chris Sale as a hitter. Good catch on the SHIT word there. Um, Another thing in the back of my mind. If you go back to the Breslow press conference, his introductory press conference, and they were asking him, you know, what type of uh, leadership thing is this going to be as far as the manager? Does he call the shots or is the front office going to weigh in? And, and essentially, is it going to be a collaborative thing, kind of like the Dodgers have and the Astros? And I'm not for that, but that's essentially what Breslow said it would be. He goes, yeah, he goes, well, I'm going to give input, but Core is going to give input too and this and that. So sounds like it could be a little bit different than what Alex Cora is used to as well. So I don't know what to think of this. I don't know if this is Alex Cora leveraging an extension or if it's Alex Cora seeing the writing on the wall based on how the last five weeks have gone, how they're navigating through free agency here and saying to himself, you know, maybe I don't want to be the manager of the Boston Red Sox. Something weird is going on, I feel like, one way or the other. I have a weird one-off question. Do you think that Erod would have considered coming back to Boston if Alex Cora was not the manager because of the fracas between the two. Not, not that I wanted him. I never thought of it that way. Um, but I'm curious. You know, if we had a different manager, do you think that players might say, "Oh, you know what? They got a new manager. Let's see how this works out. Let's see if we can build something magical." Because the last three years haven't been great, so players kind of have an idea of what the Red Sox look like right now. So do you think that if Alex Cora was not the manager of the Boston Red Sox going into 2024, that player is like Yamamoto and, you know, 
eventually Roki Sasaki and, and players like that that are coming from abroad. And even players that are already in baseball that are free agents would consider coming to Boston. I'm going to say no. Outland I want to say no. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say no. And the reason I want to say no is because I think so many of his friend group and the people that he was involved with, like the Mookie Betts, the Xander Bogarts and all that, that he was very, very friendly with and everything there. I think that made Boston desirable for him. I think that made it fun. And they were a part of that championship team. I think knowing on that whole thing, just getting, it's all gone. There's nothing. You got Chris Sale. You got Chris Sale. That's it. It's gone. So I, I don't think even with, even, even with Cora not being here, I still would think he would have said, been there, done that, flew the coop. I'm done. Thanks. Thanks for the memories, Boston. I think with Erod, the deal he got four years, 80 million. I think the Red Sox look at that as number one pitcher money if they're not getting Yamamoto. Because right now, number two pitcher is Seth Lugo. And I think it's, I think the Red Sox are stuck on either a certain dollar amount or a certain number of years of Lugo, and they're not willing to go over it. And that's why he hasn't been signed despite the occasional momentum behind it. And in Erod's case, you know, that that's that's probably about what they want to spend on their number one. And I don't think they even view Erod as a number one on top of that anyway. So I just don't think the fit was there. I guarantee you, like if we miss out on Yamamoto, I'm going to look back and think, you know, Erod would have been fine. <laughs> you know, he would have been better than whatever it was we ended up with. And you know, so I, I, I don't know. Alex Cora and, and Erod, uh, if I'm being fair, I don't know that Erod's an easy guy to deal with anyway. You know, he blocked the trade to the Dodgers, left the team to go deal with his marital problems, and it sounded like he left unannounced. He didn't even explain why he was leaving. He just left because the team for like three or four days, they're like, they couldn't comment on it. They, it seemed like they didn't know what was going on with Erod. And I think there were either reports or rumors three or four years ago that he would show up to camp heavy and, you know, would have to work out to, to get in shape. You know, everybody else came in ready to go. And so I just don't know that he was a, a great fit one way or the other. And I always got the uh, mentality from him that he was lazy, he was unmotivated, and he was a poor teammate. Those big three kind of stood out to me throughout it. I think you guys probably even even when he had his great season, was that 2019? We still were shaking our heads at that point saying, oh, God, is he only going to go five innings again with 120 pitches? I mean, he's a nibbler. He was a nibbler. So, yeah, he had flashes of greatness at times. But for the most part, I remember his career more so of frustration than me wanting to be even entertain him coming back. That's just my take. I, I was an Erod apologist for much of his time here. But after he left, it just, you know, some of the stories would come out. And it just, it seemed like he was destined to, to play someplace else. I remember 
early, I think it was, what, two or three years ago? I can't remember how long he's been with Detroit. But his first season with Detroit, he had two earrings on. And he wasn't allowed to wear them in Boston. So it was like a a defiant, you know, I don't want to say middle finger to the Red Sox. But he wore these dangly earrings out there because he could. And, you know, is what it is. But... But getting back to Cora, I guess in the next couple of weeks, it'll be interesting to see if more momentum develops behind this. If other rumors start to percolate that, you know, his future in Boston could be in question or maybe he does get that extension after all. Final thoughts. We're going to wait and see. I think all of us are kind of curious. We could all be right. We could all be wrong. There's you know, a, a lot of a lot of time before a final decision gets made, and if he ends up getting an extension, it's going to be something that you're going to hear about being similar to or higher than what council got. Because I don't think he's going to accept a two-year extension. I don't think he's going to accept a three-year extension. I think he's going to want a proper commitment from the Boston Red Sox, and he's going to look at it as you let me be the manager when this team was not good. You kind of owe me one now. My thing with the Cora front is Alex Cora screams in my head a big question mark. It's going to be a question mark on what you're going to get for the start of the season if we're going to even continue the contract. That's number one. But the biggest thing is his future. Does he want to manage still? Does he want to move upstairs? Does he even want to be a part of Boston anymore? It that that gets my anxiety up a little bit because then it starts to say, okay, if Cora's not here, who's it gonna be? I think the unknown on Cora is uh, is is a very interesting story because you don't know how the story's gonna play out. We'll see how it goes this off season, and maybe we'll see more of how this goes at the very beginning of this season too. I'm just gonna throw one more thing in there. He's actually getting $8 million this year. He, so he, that's what council is getting annually as well. I His deal, I think annually Cora got less than that in, in previous years. But here's the thing. I don't think Brian O'Halloran is making $8 million a year. I don't think Eddie Romero is making $8 million a year. Most GMs aren't making $8 million a year either. So, in fact, I, I'm almost positive the other executives aren't. So, who's to say Theo. Who's to say Alex Cora really wants to even be a, a front office guy now that, now that this money is, is trickling upwards, now that manager markets are exploding? So... I don't, I wouldn't even, I don't think being in a front office is even on his mind right now. And when a manager gets an extension, it's typically for two or three years. It's not for five. So I don't know. Like I said, it's going to be interesting and we're not an Alex Cora podcast. I I don't think none of us are like screaming he should be fired, but uh, Micah Storms earlier did express an openness on uh, Twitter uh, about keeping him and and making sure he stays. But but nonetheless, I mean we're we're not 
we're not a hardcore Alex Cora group. And, you know, if they move on, we're, most of us are good with that. Nick? I think the big thing, at least for us as fans, that we can have some sort of a comfort in at least knowing Cora, for the most part, is one of the best managers in the game, at least from what you see right now. But the other thing that I that that's important uh, to this whole thing with Cora, and I forget because now I completely lost, I completely lost my mind on what I was going to say. I don't usually do that that often. But the big thing here is just trying to see what the future is going to hold for Cora. Yeah, I completely lost my mind. I wish I had it because I had a good point. <laughs> it's all right i've done that a couple of times recently forgot what i was doing and then moved on but we will be back uh, as soon as things develop uh, there could be a verdict on yamamoto at some time this week perhaps the oh. red Sox uh get a deal and go ahead nick i remember what it was the players in the clubhouse at least really like him he's got a likability. he's bilingual he speaks all different sorts of languages so the communication front at least from what we see from afar is pretty solid. Yeah. We have a big uh, group of Latino players, and I'm sure that's uh, valuable. Maybe maybe Devers, his English is coming along. You know, he flirts with it every now and then. So could be. perhaps he could be uh, the translator going forward if um, they do move on. So we'll see. Everyone uh, have a great, uh, you know, Monday or whenever you're listening to us. Take care.